to everyone. Amen. <clears throat> Let's uh, go over to Exodus 23, and this is where we'll begin uh, as we continue looking at this covenant of healing. And uh, you know, uh, it's important. We've we've went through these three things, and and we'll go through them again as you're going to Exodus 23 about what we always have to believe. And uh, we always believe number one, what God said about Himself. What did God say about Himself? Uh, in order to think. The way God thinks, I have to understand what God said about himself. And we've spent uh, a considerable amount of time looking at that. But what did God say about him, about himself? When someone says God did something or another, if I don't know what God said about himself, I have no, I have no uh, point of reference to agree or disagree. Uh, even if somebody comes up to you and says, God is good all the time. Well, if you don't know that God said that about himself, you don't have a point of reference. You can have an experience, but even the meanest person in the world has been nice to somebody. Right? I mean, your rude neighbor has had good days. So maybe, maybe God just had a good day one day for that person. Well, no, we, we, we have looked at that, I believe, without doubt, without fail, that you cannot say about yourself that I am love and then do some of the things that people say God does. So my point is I have to have a point of reference. I have to know what God said about himself because if someone said God did this, that, or the other, and it's something that uh, uh, brings pain and suffering and destruction, well, I have, a, I have to have a point of reference to understand that that's wrong. Uh, number two, what God said about his word. I have to always believe what did God say about his word? That is so key. What did God say about his word? What did he say his word would produce, do? Uh, how would it function? Amen. And then I have to believe thirdly, what God said about what he would do. How will God respond? to any given situation. Uh, you know, I, I deal with people all the time that are laboring under guilt and condemnation and shame, and they're believers. They're born again. And they'll talk to me about what they've done, and I'll, I'll ask them, have you repented? Well, yes, I've repented. Then the Bible says God forgot it. That's what God said he would do, right? He wrote in 1 John, and he said, I'm writing you these things so that you don't sin. He said, but if you sin... God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All right? That, now, now that, that seems simple, but the majority of believers that you know live with God at arm's length because they are consistently looking at their failures and their mistakes and their problems. And that is the core issue when it comes to healing, victory, prosperity. Because if you don't believe that God has forgiven you and that you stand totally clean in his sight with no guilt, no shame, 
no fear, then how would you ever believe that God wants to heal you? Because there's something wrong with you. God, God doesn't love you that much, right? And, and I have to understand that. And, and, of course, we don't have time to get into all the redemptive truths. But then uh, there's another thing, and you may or may not add it to that list, but you have to think about things the way God thinks about everything, right? If, if, if you view sickness as somehow being good, You'll, it'll never go. You, I can't be healed from it because uh, that's not how God thinks of it. God looks at sickness as a disruption. God looks at sickness as something that destroys. And, um, you know, I've heard people say before, well, you know, I wouldn't be as close to God if it wasn't for that cancer. Or I wouldn't be as close to God if I hadn't went through that. Well, I mean, I understand that someone may press into the things of God, but what they're saying without coming right out and saying it is God used cancer to get me closer to him. Or God used heart disease, or God used this destruction to produce this closeness. It's ridiculous. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, in the first place, if God had sickness to give, he wouldn't put it on you to get you closer to him because he told you to draw near to him. He told us to do it. And so this is so important. So Exodus 23, actually we should go to Exodus 15 first. I'm not going to take a lot of time teaching on these, but it's important uh, where this covenant of healing is concerned. Uh, with the covenant of healing and the covenant of blood, Currently, we have 23 different installments. Well, actually, no, 33, because 20 and 13 is 33. So we have 33 installments, and uh, I see a book in our future. Exodus 15, 26, he said, If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. Now, understand something. This is not a code of conduct. As much as it is when he says, do what is right in his sight, he has told us what is right. All we have to do is what we're told. Right? And then he says, notice, and give ear to his commandments, keep all of his statutes. I will put or I will allow none of these diseases upon you that have been allowed on the Egyptians. Why? For I'm the Lord that heals you. Now, I know I emphasize that every time, but that's how you have to, that's the tense of those verse, of, the, of that sentence structure. The tense is not uh, those diseases I brought on the Egyptians from the God that heals you. That's not how it is. There's an emphasis there. I will not allow them on you because I'm the God that heals you. Now, why was he not the God that heals them? They were not his people. All right, they were not his people. They were against him. Hallelujah. But for his people, he says, I'm the God that heals you. So those sicknesses, why were they allowed on the Egyptians? Why were they allowed to come? Because they did not diligently hearken to his commandments. They didn't do what he asked. If when Moses went into Pharaoh's court and said, the Lord says, let my people go, if Pharaoh would have said, okay, 
they would have never experienced any of that. Hallelujah. And so he's the Lord that heals us, right? I am, blank check, I am. I am, then you fill in the blank. And here he says, I am Jehovah, I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that heals you. I'm your physician, I'm your surgeon. In uh, Exodus 23, oh, glory. I get excited just hearing him tell us who he is. Exodus 23, verse 25, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Now, I want you to notice something. He did not say sickness that you didn't cause. Or sickness that you didn't have a part in. He said, if there's sickness there, I'll take it. Glory to God. Amen. When Jesus suffered stripes on his back, when he was beaten, he took sickness. He took, in reality, he took the punishment for sickness. And when he took sickness, he put back healing. God, God, does never, God never leaves an empty space. If he takes sickness from you, it's because he put healing there. See, sickness leaves you at a deficit. You're sick, you're incapable of something, there's a destruction in your life, there's an empty place. There's no wholeness. This is going to be so important in what we're talking about today. There's no wholeness. Think about it. With any sickness, take the common cold. We call it the common cold. It's become common. It's not common according to God. But it's become common because people just put up with it because you can live with it. See, you got to think about things the way God thinks about it. God doesn't look at a cold as okay. It's not a sin. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But God's not in heaven going, yeah, it's okay. I don't mind if you have a cold. Then why did Jesus die? I mean, there was a hefty price paid so I wouldn't have to have a cold. <laughs> now, now, we're all at various stages of, of progression here, and I'm not 100%, and you might be, and God bless you if you are. But here's the point. Here's the point. If I don't think about it that way, hey, brother, how you doing? Well, I got just a little cold, but I'll be all right. What, see, that's, that's, that's language of acceptance. I'm going to put up with this because it's not that big of a deal. But you're still in a deficit. Right? Because there's still, at the very least, there's the lack of energy. There, right? You feel like your head weighs 100 pounds. Feel like one of those bobbleheads. Right? So I've got to think about it that way. But when God heals you, he takes sickness and replaces it with healing. So when I say I'm the healed of the Lord, that's why, that's why I can't say I'm healed and I'm sick. Because one was taken and the other one was put back. Sickness is just the, the absence of healing. If sickness is taken, 
healing's put in its place. Glory to God. And he said, uh, let's, let's, various translations says, I will turn infirmity from you. Now that blesses me because it was coming your way, but it got turned. <laughs> it could not manifest in your body. Isn't that good news? You know, a sickness might attack your body, but if you're so full of healing, it won't be able to manifest fully. It'll die on the vine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did, do you see that? Another says, I will keep sickness far from you. Another says, I'll take all disease from among you. And then one says, I, the Lord, will take away any sickness you may have. Now, that's important because men, men, uh, humanity grades sickness. Right? We talked about the cold. Here's the cold. Right? Now, I mean, we're, we're not in order of importance or, or trouble, but, you know, here's the cold. It's no big deal. Oh, but here's cancer or huh, any other disease that starts with a C or, or any other, right? Don't, don't they grade cancer, right? Stage one, stage three, stage four, operable, inoperable, right? But now there's, here, here's why I'm saying this, any sickness I'll take it from you right any in, in other words God setting himself eternally as our healer and he's saying I can take any of it in other words none of it's a problem for me oh and because I called myself your healer that's what I want to do see it's not God saying, I can, but I might not. It's God saying, get this revelation. I am your physician. And as your physician, I can take any sickness you have. So he's saying, it's, he's not saying, I can, and I might, or I might not. If you go to a natural doctor, you expect him to do everything he can to help you. Because why? He's your doctor. Right? Your insurance company is paying him or her. God is your doctor. I must expect the same attitude and effort out of God as I do my doctor. Because God is my physician. And he'll take it. All of it. Uh, Deuteronomy 7. Glory to Jesus. I'm telling you what, y'all are so healthy, the healthy people are going to call you healthy. Oh, my goodness. Living, breathing, walking, talking health people. Just healthy. I mean, you're going to walk in a room and sickness is going to run. You're so healthy. 
watching online. God bless you. Praise God. Uh, for the sake of time, let's look at Deuteronomy 7, verse 12. It will come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments, keep and do them. The Lord will keep unto you the covenant and the mercy he swore unto your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. Bless the fruit of your womb, your wine, your oil, the increase of your kind, the flocks of your sheep. Verse 15, the Lord will take away from you all sickness. And will allow none of the evil diseases of Egypt that you know upon you. Do you see that? Now, I got to think like God thinks. One translation says, the Lord will keep you from having any kind of illness. And wait a minute. The Lord will keep me from having any kind of illness. See, this is why you're building your faith about this. If it, it tries to attach itself to you, no, 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 no. The Lord will keep me from having any kind of illness. See, this, this is Bible. This is not what we believe as a denomination. This is Bible. We believe it as a, a group of believers, but this is Bible. Man, one time I said that, and a young man looked like I'd hit him with a two-by-four. It changed his life. He said, I was sitting in that meeting, and you said, Pastor, you said, this is the Bible. And then he said, you said, and I felt like it was directly to me. He said, he said he knew he wasn't. But then he said, you said, you do believe the Bible, don't you? See, this is the Bible. What man-made organizations do is come in and trump what the Bible says with what they believe. This is the Bible. This is not what the Baptists believe or the Pentecost believe or the Word of Faith. This is what the Bible says. And if you believe it, it doesn't make you Word of Faith or any other thing. It makes you a believer. If you're a Baptist and you believe this, it makes you a believer. So he said he would keep any illness from us. He will keep you from having any illness. So that's what you say about yourself all the time. The Lord will keep me from having any illness. Hallelujah. Any illness. Another translation says, Jehovah will keep every disease away from you. So there you go. He'll keep every. Now think about that. The first verse that we read in, in Exodus 23, he'll take it. And now in Deuteronomy 7, he'll keep it away from me. So he takes it, and now there's something between me and it, and he'll keep me from it. Mm. See that? Hallelujah. How many times have you heard this? And I know it can just sound like confession. Somebody will sneeze. Oh, shoot. Oh, believer, oh, I'm catching a cold. Why are you trying to catch it? He said he'd keep it away from you. He'll take it and keep it away from you. I'm not trying to catch something he's trying to keep away from me. Do, do you realize what I'm saying? The thing that God said, I will keep away from you, I can have it if I say I'm catching it. 
because what he said is only trumped and canceled out by what I say. Don't ever own it. Well, I went to the doctor and they said I have X. Well, you might have it, but it's not yours. Don't own it. Because what you own, you're responsible for. If, if I look, it as, look at it as a work of the enemy, then I have a right to rely upon the power of God and the power of the Word of God to eradicate it. If I own it, if I say it's my whatever, my heart trouble, my cancer, my bad this, my bad that, my allergies, my sinuses, my poor eyesight, my poor hearing. Ah, my hearing's no good. It's gone. He said the hearing ear and the seeing eye has made them both. And, and, and would, wouldn't, wouldn't a lack of hearing or a lack of eyesight, wouldn't that be something that would be a, a, a burden? Right? When, when you look all the way through the scripture and you know, uh, 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 you see people that were much older than any of us in this room with perfect eyesight and perfect hearing. All I'm trying to explain to you, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that you don't experience things with age. What I'm trying to explain is don't own what he says I'm going to keep away from you. Hallelujah. I've had people come in a healing line. I want you to pray for my cancer. Oh, it's yours. What can I do about that? He's keeping it away from me. Yeah, but it's there, Pastor. It's real. I know it's real. And he said he would take it and keep it away. Glory to God. Mm. I, I have another one there, but I just you just gotta you just gotta take it. You will be healthy because the Lord will protect you from those dreadful diseases. No matter, no matter what's floating around, I'll be healthy. You know, during the pandemic, the COVID-19 and uh, Omicron, you know, and all the other variants of whatever there are. Do you know, even before COVID, there was any number of things that could have killed you every day? There were things that could have killed you that your body came in contact with and your immune system eradicated them and you didn't even know it. There are people walking around today with full-blown COVID in their system and they don't even know it because their immune system is trapping it and eradicating it. I'm not making light of it. I'm just trying to explain that no matter what's out there, you were dealing with things every day before that. Right? That's why, what do you say every day? Every disease, every germ, every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Why? Because of this verse. Isn't that great? Good news. Here's one. The Lord will keep you from having any kind of illness. Any kind. Mm, glory. 
Now, this is the covenant of healing that we have and that God entered into with his people of Israel, and it's the covenant that we've been brought into. Let's go over to Mark chapter 5. Let's, let's investigate some things from the Gospels. Now, Mark chapter 5, of course, we read a couple of accounts that are very familiar but uh, the one we deal with today is this account of the woman that was healed or made whole from this issue of blood. Now, remember I said uh, in the very early part of what we were talking about, this being whole is so important, made whole. God is very much about us being whole and complete. Mark 5, verse 25, Mark 5, and verse 25. And a certain woman, now this is important just for your biblical understanding. In the Gospels, when it uses the phrase a certain person, a certain woman, a certain man, it's there for an important reason. It's indicating knowledge. This person was known. This, this is something that people knew. This is a woman that people knew. When the Bible talks, I, I'll hear people say, you know, well, you know, in the parable of the prodigal son. It wasn't a parable. It was a true story. Because Jesus said there was a certain rich man. People knew this guy. So he says, a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, noticed 12 years. One translation says, think of it, 12 years. And it suffered many things, and many physicians spent all she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Oh, glory. One translation says, she suffered from hemorrhages. Another says she had a flow of blood. Hallelujah. I want you to see something. It says she had dealt with this for 12 years. What had she dealt with? Well, let's go over to Leviticus 15. Because when you deal with this issue of blood, you don't find specifically issue of blood under the curse of the law. But that's good news because it says that even if it's not listed there, right? But here's the point. What had she lived with? What had she dealt with? She had suffered from these hemorrhages. Leviticus 15 verse 25. And if a woman have an issue of her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. Every bed she lies on will be unto her as the bed of her separation. Now, what's this mean? If she's married, she can't sleep with her husband. She's isolated, all right? 
Whatsoever she sits on will be unclean. Whosoever touches the things, the bed, the, the chair, will be unclean. They'll have to wash their clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until the evening. And if she be cleansed of her issue, then, shall, then she shall number to herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. This woman is living this way for 12 years. Nobody can come and sit on the couch with her, right? If she's married, she, she, can't, she can't sleep in the same room with her husband. It's miserable, right? She's sick and miserable, right? This is important to see because this is, this is what this is producing for her. It's not like today that this is something she's dealing with and, you know, she can still have friends and family over and she can go do whatever she wants to do and nobody knows. No, this, this is an issue where she's living in a time with a group of people, she was an Israeli woman, a Jewish woman, a Hebrew, and so she's living in a time when everybody knows this. It's not like you can hide it. Do you see this? Twelve years. So not only is she dealing with a hemorrhage, now if, if you go to the doctor today and they say, you're hemorrhaging, you don't think anything good. Right? So she's hemorrhaging. There's a constant flow of blood coming out of her body. Right? So she's got that, but then she can't. Just think of it. She can't go to her grandkids' parties. She can't have her grandkids over. Right? Everybody that comes and talks to her has to go wash and change their clothes and be quarantined till the evening. <laughs> they had COVID restrictions every time they came to meet her. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. But you, you understand why I'm saying that? This is miserable. This is not just the pain of my body. This is affecting my life, right? Amen. Could you, would you say her life was disrupted? Amen. Mark, back to Mark chapter 5. Notice, it says, verse 26, and had suffered many things of many physicians. Suffered many things of many physicians. That word suffered, it literally means in the sense of suffering, pain. Not just subjected to treatment. The, the word has the unfavorable sense of suffering or enduring. All right? So there's this, the, 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 the disruption in her personal life. She's suffering at the hands of the physicians. All right? There's, there's, there's nothing they could do. And they're just causing her discomfort. They're causing her pain. And, notice what else it says, and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but grew worse. One translation says she had spent all of her money. Another says she had become poor paying them. 
Yet another one says, in spite of long treatment by many doctors on which she had spent all she had. So there's the disruption in her living. There's the pain of the treatment. She's lost everything she has trying to pay the doctors. And guess what? She's still none better. Hallelujah. That, I don't know about you, but that just sounds like the devil to me. Right? Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? So it impacted her on those three major levels, relationally, physically, and financially. Hallelujah. So ongoing sickness disrupts the flow of life. See, that's why it's important you know what God said. Jesus said, I have come that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified Bible says, to the full until it overflows. Now, the reason I say that is we can see here that this is not a to the full until it overflows life. So if, if that's occurring, there's only one person that can get the blame. The devil. There was nothing she could do. For uh, 12 years, she had consulted every doctor. Did everything they told her and was getting no better. Hallelujah. The New English Bible said there had been no improvement. You know, if, if you're going through treatments that are a little painful or you're dealing with something, you can get through it if there's some improvement. But if there's no improvement, eventually you're like, what's the use? Right? Now notice this, though. Verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus. When she had heard of Jesus. And we're going to get into what she did. But when she had heard of Jesus. Well, what did she hear about Jesus? Let's go over here to Acts 10. What did she hear about Jesus? Because uh, this is the focus of this account. And uh, everything she did would have never been done had she not heard. The doing followed the hearing. Because think about this for a moment. Those scriptures that I read to you earlier, they were all there during her life. I don't know. I wouldn't presume to know. I don't know. I don't know. I know, she, I know that if she did go to the synagogue regularly at one point, she couldn't now. She wasn't allowed to go. If, if, if she had went previously before this started, maybe. But I'm, I'm, this was available. These scriptures were available. And so... Everything that she did afterwards was a result of what she heard. Something she heard 
caused her to act. Now, Acts 10, 36. This is Peter preaching to Cornelius and his home. And he says, the word that God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. This word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee. Now notice this word began from Galilee. When? After the baptism that John preached. Now notice something. Notice that punctuation mark after preached. Colon. There's a pause. But he's going to go into the next statement. That colon there is illustrates something. He's about to tell us what they preached. He's about to tell us what they preached from the time that Jesus was baptized by John. What did they preach? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. They went and preached that Jesus was anointed by God with power to heal all that are oppressed of the devil because he's anointed by God, so there's evidence God is with him. That's what they preached. Now, that sounds simple, but that's what she heard because that's what they were preaching. Now, some of your more modern translations turn that around and, and, and make it like Peter is saying, you know, that just telling a story. No, he's saying this is what they preached. So this woman heard that Jesus was anointed by God to do good and heal all that are oppressed of the devil. See, often the focus is on the woman pressing, on the woman touching. To understand the victory over sickness she received, you have to understand what got her to that point. Hallelujah. She figured out that if Jesus was anointed by God to heal all that were oppressed and that he was healing all that were oppressed by the devil, if she could get to him and at the very least touch his garment, she would be made whole. She heard. She heard that about Jesus. That's why you don't focus on the garment. Don't focus on the press, because people will preach on that. Well, you got to be like this woman. You got to be willing to get knocked down. You got to be willing to press through. You got to press. You got to press. Well, you do. You have to stand. There's a fight to faith. You have to stand. But why was she standing? She heard something. She heard, if I get to him, I can be healed. See, what you hear, you hear it to do it. Not to just hear it. Faith comes by hearing. Now, hang on a second. It didn't say healing comes by hearing. It says faith comes by hearing. 
is important. Faith for anything comes by hearing the, the word on that thing. That's why you'll run into people that have strong faith for healing and no faith for finances. Because they've heard a lot of word on healing and they have strong faith. They've heard no word on finances and they have no faith. Faith, faith is not carte blanche. Well, I'm hearing the word. What are you hearing the word on? See, that's, what, that's why I say this consistently. If you need healing in your body, you have to have a steady, consistent diet of healing going in your system. Because that's how faith comes. This woman did not hear or was not focused on Jesus could feed 5,000 people. She heard that he was anointed by God to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? Focus on what she heard. That's why we've started for the last 13 weeks of healing school. We've started every healing school off with, I am the Lord that heals you. That's it. He's the Lord that heals me. He's my physician. He's my surgeon. He'll take sickness from my midst. He'll keep it away from me. See, when you feed on that, you will get to the point that you believe it's impossible for you to get sick. And if something tries to attack your body, you know it's impossible for it to stay because he'll take it and keep it away. Faith has come. You can build your faith in the word where your healing is concerned that it's impossible for you to doubt. Hallelujah. Well, everybody can doubt. Yeah, okay. But you've got to build yourself to the place where the, the doubt, you, don't, you, you cannot believe it's not possible. You cannot believe God won't. You cannot believe that thing will stay. See, you've got you to switch it. There are people that cannot believe God can heal them or cannot believe that God will take something away. The reason they cannot believe it is they don't have the information that, that precipitates that faith, that belief. Once you have the information, I can. Once I know God's my healer, I can believe he'll heal me. Glory to God. Focus on what she heard. Then focus on what she said. Focus on what she heard. Focus on what she said. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 27. She came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said. So the touching was a result of what she had said. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. Notice something. Sickness 
came in contact with that healing anointing and she was completely made whole. Hallelujah. What did she get? What she was believing for. She said, I will be made whole. If I touch him, I'll be made whole. The word whole there, Greek word sozo, soteria, all right? It, it means deliver. It means to heal or to preserve. It, it literally carries the idea of being brought back to a state of wholeness, of completeness, all right? It's, it's, it's kin to the word mashalem. In the Hebrew, shalom, peace. This is important because she knew the words. Hebrew ideology, and this woman was a Hebrew. We're seeing the story translated from Greek. That's why the word is sozo, soteria. Hebrew ideology, words carried import. When you see John or uh, Moses and Jethro meeting one another in the desert, it says that Jethro asked him of his peace. Are you whole? Is there anything missing, anything broken? When uh, Esau and Jacob were coming to meet one another, they ask each other of their peace, their wholeness. You know, we think peace and we think absence of conflict. But in reality, conflict is absence of wholeness. And peace is the restoration of wholeness. Sickness, in God's mind, is the absence of wholeness. Healing is the restoration of wholeness. So the ideology there of the word is that this woman knew, I'm not whole. See, I have to think of it as God thinks of it. God doesn't look at somebody with a disease and go, my, they're sick. God looks and says, they're not whole. Why, they're not functioning in the physical realm the way I want them to function, the way I created them to function. So think about it. So if I'm healed then... I go back to the original intent that God intended for me, and I'm back at the place that he wanted me to be originally. That's why God doesn't just want to make people better. He wants to heal them, to make them whole, complete it. Hallelujah. Like the woman that came to Brother Hagin and said, I want you to pray with me. He said, what about? She said, do I have to tell you? He said, I'm not going to pray with you unless you do. And she said, she began to cry and said, I just want you to pray with me that the Lord will take half of these burdens. She said, because if the Lord will just carry half of them, I think I can handle the other half. See, Scripture says, cast all your care on Him. Now, why is that important? Because there are people that you know and I know that just want to feel better. 
And feeling good is good. And it feels good to feel good. But what about being made whole? What about your life with no sickness? Zero. None. See, that's wholeness. And so the Bible references this issue the woman had, but I think we've adequately pointed out that it involved a lot more than just her sickness. Her family life was disrupted. Her financial life was destroyed. She's going to die if she doesn't get healed. So here, oh, I'll show you this. I'm getting ahead of myself and getting there fast. I got to hurry. I got to slow down. Think about this. Sickness is a lack of wholeness. If for nothing else, the mind games it plays. Am I ever going to be better? Is this ever going to go away? Right? Amen. That's a lack of, see, that's a lack of wholeness. No peace. Amen. Now notice, verse uh, 30. Mercy. And Jesus, immediately knowing. Now this is important. Immediately knowing. It's, it's the Greek word to have knowledge, to comprehend, to realize. So notice something. Immediately she was made whole. Immediately he knew. What did he know? Virtue had gone out of him. Now, you know, I, I've taught it, others have taught it, and there's nothing wrong with this. You know, we have no record that he knew that virtue had went out of him uh, for anybody else there. Well, you know, we can't say with any certainty that no one else was healed in this passage. We don't know that. But the, the Holy Spirit's emphasizing this for a reason. When you read through the Scripture and the Holy Spirit, which authored the book, when he emphasizes one certain thing, it's because you need what's being emphasized. I don't know how many other people were healed in this people thronging him. I don't know. But I know that the Bible picked out one little woman. The Holy Spirit focused on her to tell me how to get wholeness into my life. Now, remember what he said in, in Exodus? If you will give ear. Right? Right? Well, Pastor, this is just a story. It's not a story. It's a direction. It's a directive on how to get this. That's what, that bothers me when preachers preach and I go, well, we're going to read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Well, you know, my mother said a lie was a story. Are you storying? Now, I know they, I, I know they, they may mean something different, but what do you think? A story. Come on, honey, we'll read you a story. It means it may or may not be true. It might be Hansel and Gretel, Little Red Riding Hood, Jack and the Beanstalk. Amen. 
Vernon and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Amen. But, but here's the point. This is not a story. This is a Holy Ghost verified account. Do you see this? So I don't know who else was healed. But I know this, that the Bible tells us that in this instance, when Jesus touched, she touched Jesus' garment, two things happened immediately. Immediately the flow of blood was stopped, and immediately he knew power had left. Immediately. Immediately means right quick. Right now. Amen? Now notice something. The healing anointing is a tangible substance. It's tangible. The anointing is tangible. Just as tangible as the electricity run through these wires. Hallelujah. It is noticeable when it flows from one person to another. And he knew immediately. He was aware that the healing anointing had been accessed. Now, that's important that you see it that way. This woman was not healed without her cooperation. Yeah, but the power flowed out of Jesus. It did, but it had to be accessed. A electrical outlet in a wall is useless if you don't access the power that it can give. And in reality, that outlet doesn't give you the power. It gives you the portal to the power. But you can sit in your living room and talk about how you need to vacuum, you need to vacuum, you need to vacuum with a vacuum that has a cord and the outlet in the wall and talk about how you need to vacuum. I wish this vacuum would run. Wish this vacuum would run. Plug in. Amen. Now, I'm certainly not saying anyone here, I don't believe that, or anyone watching online. But I've known people that would come and tell me, I wish God would heal me. 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 I would like for God to heal me. I would like for God to heal me. I would like for God to heal me. Plug in. At some point, there has to be a plugging in. This, right? How did the woman plug in? She heard. She said. She acted. Brother Hagen wrote a book in the 1960s called How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. And God gave him that revelation. Not, not the same that we're teaching here, but that this woman and, and David were the objects of that revelation the Lord gave him. And, and what he came away with this from was she wrote her own ticket with God. Oh, he got blasted over that book. Blasted. Religious people skinned him alive. Who's he say you can write your own ticket with God? Okay, but wait a minute. We're going to read the rest of this. You see the anointing flowing from Jesus. Who accessed it? Who was responsible? Who heard? Who said? Who acted? Who received? 
what Jesus was that now see this is am I helping you with this Jesus was not even going to be there that day right he had gotten out of the ship and Jairus came and said come heal my daughter and Jesus said okay I'll go with you and he changed his path Glory to God. So what I'm trying to explain to you, Jesus did not know by the Holy Spirit that this woman was going to be there, and so he changed his pathway. He didn't even know who touched him. See, sometimes this is taught that somehow in God's great forbearance and his great foreknowledge, uh, he knew that this woman was going to be there, and so he uh, anointed his son for this moment. No, she put herself in a position to receive what was there. When I plug an appliance into an outlet, I put myself in a position to receive the benefit of that appliance. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? I, 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 like to, I like to cook. I like to, I like to, to I, I do most of the cooking in our home. And uh, uh, I like to try things out. I like to experiment. Right? And so I, I, you have to have gadgets to experiment. Right? I mean, I'm weird. You go in one closet, and I got a closet full of guns. And you go in the kitchen, I got a kitchen full of gadgets. So if you want to make me happy, buy me a gun or a gadget. Either one. We're good. Now, I'm joking. But, but right? If, right? So you, you, I've got a blender. And that blender will crush ice. It will make smoothies. You can make soup in my blender. It, it'll, it'll, it'll process anything you want if it's plugged in. It can be top of the line, right? How many would say the healing power of God is always top of the line? Top shelf, right? It just has to be accessed. Well, pastor, I'm believing. You just keep believing. The voltage is increasing. Don't let, the, don't let the enemy beat you up because you haven't received a full manifestation. Aren't you better than you were? Then the healing power is working. The healing power is working. Glory to God. That's what I had to learn to tell the devil. I, I would get up and feel better, and he'd say, yeah, but you're not completely well. Yeah, but I'm better than I was yesterday. Watch this. When, when Back in 2010, and I've told that story, there, there were days I didn't know if I was going to make it. It, there was just this, this foreboding sense of, you're not going to make it. Amen. I mean, I would look in the mirror, and I wanted to say, you look like you're not going to make it. I lost weight. It was, it was dropping off of me in pounds. Didn't want to eat. I'd have to sit down. My wife would make dinner, and I'd have to sit down and make my, I'd have to pray in tongues to eat because I didn't want to eat. Hallelujah. And I had to get to the place 
where I would rejoice. Okay, I'm getting out of bed. I'm getting out of bed. And I would go to bed at night, and the enemy would say, I'm going to kill you tonight. Tonight, you are going to die. You are not going to wake up in the morning. I'd go to sleep by faith. I grabbed a hold of that scripture where David said, I will lay me down, and I will sleep, and I will awaken because the Lord will sustain me. Amen. I'm not making more of it than it was, and I'm not being theatrical. I literally would go to bed, my mind telling me, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're not going to wake up in the morning. And I would declare that scripture, and I, my eyes would wake up in the morning, and I'd say, ha-ha, see, devil, I'm awake. I made it. And you know what I begin to say? See, you couldn't kill me last night, so you're not going to kill me tonight. And eventually all that went away. Now I still had to deal with the physical repercussions of it. But I learned every day, if I could get up and do something every day a little more than I did the day before, hey, I got the victory. Because you couldn't stop me from doing that. I remember, am I okay telling you this? I remember one time I had to go to a, uh, I'm a pastor, and so I pastor a Hispanic congregation as well. And uh, birthdays, anniversaries, in, in that culture, they are very important. And they like to have their pastor there, especially for birthdays and quinceañeras and things like that. And so I had to go. I had to drive across town to get there. My wife during this time was coming to Little Rock to film. And she would be gone for, what, then four or five days at a time, I think, uh, to film. And... Uh, I remember I was taking her and loading her luggage in the car, and the enemy started on me. While she's out of town, you're going to die. I'm going to kill you while she's gone. You say, why didn't you cast those thoughts down? I did. You know, there's nothing you can say about the devil other than he's persistent. Amen. And I was putting her luggage in the car, and the enemy said, I'm, 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 I'm going to kill you. You're going to die. Your wife's going to come home, and you're going to be dead. I put that luggage in the car. I said, I'll see you when you get home. Well, the next day, I had to go to this birthday party. It's across town. Now, where we lived at that time in the, the, the Johnson County metro area there, you know, across town is not like from Maumel to Little Rock. You can't get there in 12 minutes. Across town's across town. It's 30-minute drive. I got in the car, and all the way there, the enemy said, I'm going to kill you. Before you get there, you're going to die. You know, there's nothing like that in your mind. The grading, I, I know, see, that's, that's why I'm passionate about these classes. I know what it means to be so sick, so bombarded in your mind that you feel like I could die tonight and it would be a relief. Amen. But I, I, I drove and all the way there, I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And you know, there was so much anxiety that went through that with that battle. I had that acid reflux because there was never any rest. It was just consistent pressure and anxiety. And, and the whole way there, I'm having to sip water because that acid's trying to come up. And I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. My heart is burning. My mind's under attack. My body doesn't feel well. I'm drinking water. I'm, I'm watching, we're trying to watch where I'm going, but here's the thing. I made it to that house, and I got out of the house, and I said, ha-ha, see there? I made it. 
You know what that rascal did? He said, but you got to go back home. I went, I went in, I went in and was celebrating with those people and I'm smiling on the outside and the whole time the enemy's telling me, you got to go back home. You made it here, but you got to go back home. Now, I'm telling you about a victory. I got in that car. What am I doing? Heart's burning. Mind's under attack. Body don't feel good. I'm slugging water. I got back home. I got out. I opened the door and I said, aha, I made it back. Can I tell you something? I never dealt with that about travel again. It's over. You couldn't do it. Now, now watch. So now I got the victory in my sleep. I got the victory in my travel. Right? Now, now listen. Now I'm starting to understand something. And, and I say that for the point of teaching. You can't do just whatever you want. Devil, you can't just do whatever you want. Right? And I would lay in that floor in the mornings and just soak in the presence of God. I would, I would, if I had not known the word of God, bottom line, they'd have buried me. Simply, that's what would have happened. Hallelujah. And what I was dealing with, I'd already been out. Now, I'm not talking about uh, uh, cancer or something of that nature. What I was dealing with the doctors had already told me, basically, and then we can do. We can't help you. All we can do is put you on this medicine. That may or may not affect you mentally. I went home and burned that prescription. I'm just, now here's my point. This is for somebody. <laughs> I, I had to plug in. I had to consistently plug in to what the Scripture said. I had to start seeing myself healed. No matter what time of morning or night it was, middle of the night, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, if that, what I was dealing with, would wake me up, I made the decision, I'm not going to complain, I'm not going to gripe, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get in the Word. And I remember the day, I remember the day I'd walk down to check the mail, the place where we were living, the community we were living, and I was walking back, and, and, and I, I had been primarily free from those symptoms, they were still trying to hang on a little bit, and I remember when the Lord told me, He said, now you turn around, and you tell that spirit that's trying to keep this going, he said, you, 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 you tell him to cease in his maneuvers against you. And I did, and that's been all those years ago, and I've never dealt with it again. Now, here's my point. He, I accessed something. This woman accessed what was already there. God did not want me to go through that. God gave me the answer. Amen? Now, here's what I wanted to get you. We'll, we'll wrap up with this. I've, I've run a few minutes over. Uh, verse 34. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has cured you. Your faith has made you, here's that word again, whole. Go in peace. The, the word there, go in peace, the phrase is go off 
into peace. Now, here's why this is so important. It leaves us with this indication that she was healed, but the rest of her life was made whole. There's no more suffering. The poverty was taken care of. One translation says, my daughter, your faith has cured you. Another says, child, your trust is what allowed you to be healed. Live healthy, happy, free from your suffering. Isn't that good? That's what you're doing. You're going to live healthy, happy, free from your suffering. So she went from a place of turmoil and sickness into a place of health and peace. Go in peace. Be going into peace. And finally, notice, he pointed to the covenant. When did he point to the covenant? When he called her daughter. Daughter, your faith, your trust. In other words, as I close with this, in other words, what has always been yours has always been here, and your faith accessed it. The healing power of God doesn't start flowing. It is flowing, and I just get in the flow. That's the key. That's the key. Father, thank you today. I thank you for every man and woman here today. I thank you for those that are watching online. Lord, ever what the illness that they may be dealing with, ever what it may be, Father, we speak healing to them. Ever what it may be in this room today, we speak health to them, wholeness in the name of Jesus. Lord, just like you healed and delivered me, just like you healed and delivered others that are here, your desire is the same. So I speak healing and health over their bodies in the name of Jesus. Lord, every area of their bodies, that thing that may be trying to linger, we speak the healing power of God to it. May it be eradicated. May it be demolished. May it not come to its full manifestation because the healing power is too strong. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, thank you. Even the test, the test can say there's no improvement, but there's improvement in the Spirit. Levels of healing are being accessed. Levels of victory are being accessed. And the Lord just says you've accessed that one level of healing, the next is to come. Focus, focus on the fact that this has been done, so this will follow. Yes, Lord, I, I speak, Lord, twice now, I speak to those spinal columns. Hallelujah. 
every disc, every connective point, connective tissue. I, I see disc being reformed. I see disc being moistened and placed back in their proper alignment. Oh, glory. And I don't, I don't know who or what it is, but there's a, there's a direction that you bend. And I'm seeing specifically the left or the right, and there's this discomfort. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's like it catches, and then the pain tries to set in. Mm -mm. No, not anymore. Not anymore. It won't be that way. From this day forth, it won't be like that. Mm. Thank you, Father. I believe you. I believe you. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, if that's you or that was you or watching online or here, just receive it. Just receive it. You take it. You have it. It's yours. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today for Healing School. We went a few minutes over. Uh, we won't apologize for that, though. You're, you're being healed. And uh, God's good. Amen. Don't forget, of course, service tomorrow night. And uh, if you can't be with us then next Tuesday at the same time, till then, keep the switch of faith turned on. Build your faith. God bless you.